Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the B-Side Podcast. I'm Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan. And Matt, we got a special guest, Joe Marlin, joining us on the podcast again today. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Hey, listen, before we jump in, Matt, just a real quick shout out. Yeah. I think to you, actually. To me. I'm giving it to you. Um, Anyone who's listening, we got new music. We got new music on the intro. We got new music teaser coming on the outro today. Yeah, we do. New year, new new year. It's a new us. It's a new us. It's a new us. Starting starting fresh. For anyone who's like all of a sudden really concerned, it's not a new church. We're not changing much more than the music of the podcast. (laughs) But that's at least worth pointing out and shouting out. If you come from more of that, like, you know, Presbyterian tradition, that's like massive change. That could cause, that, like, that could cause a split. We might lose half the people. We might lose people. Okay. But it's probably worth at least trying some new music. Thanks for joining us for the last episode of the ever of the B-Side podcast before <laughs> we just get run out of the building. I'm just kidding. So, hey, new music. It's a new year. Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year uh, to you. Thanks for joining the, the podcast today. We're excited to have you on. You were uh, someone that... People who attended our church yesterday saw on video. Um, thanks for putting together about a five to seven minute video for us um, reflecting on on poverty. We're in Mercy and Justice Month each yeah. year. I, Matt, did you say for eight years now? Sorry, sorry. Let me just introduce eight years of Mercy and Justice Month for January. Anyone who's listening is unfamiliar with that. Kind of a recap of that. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, 2022 marks eight years uh, where we've taken every January to specifically. I mean, it comes up at other times in other sermon series as as it comes up in scripture, um, but we really focus in on mercy and justice issues every January, just as a way to start the new year. Thinking now in response to Jesus's incarnation, He's come into the world to save us. How do we live a life responding to that? And specifically, yeah. there's some some significant areas of mercy and justice issues in our world. Um, so we've done that. This is the eighth year. Um, been grateful to be part of a network of churches that have focused on these in different seasons and times. Joe, uh, way back a couple of lifetimes ago, was a pastor of one of the Liberty Churches in Philadelphia, then spent you know another kind of lifetime in Rwanda with his family for five years. Right. Now has planted Epiphany Church in Gloucester City. Um, so Joe, you've, you've been even you know personally a great example to me, and I know many across the Liberty Network, in the way you just immersed yourself, uh, walking with people in poverty, all, all kinds of mercy issues. But you know, origins of the Easter outreach back in the day with Vito and Ryan Egley and those guys in Philly, um, now doing the same kind of thing on the block in, in Gloucester City. So maybe that would just be a great. Um, you mentioned in the video yesterday, Joe, it was so helpful. Um, you know, pe- persons of peace and starting small. You started small and you didn't do yeah. it by yourself. Um, give us maybe just some of the, 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 the examples that come to mind real quickly of how you saw that play out. Like what stuff that you just look back at the history of Gloucester City and go, man, we've seen God do this in the last four years. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when we, when we uh, kind of got our feet on the ground in Gloucester, we didn't know anybody. And so, when, you know, you turn to Luke 10, that's where you get this idea of, people peace jesus sent out his disciples on like their first short-term mission and they, they go out into the towns and um you know he told them what to do and he, and he said you go to a town and you, you just pray that god would give you somebody that would just let you stay at their house and give you access give you give you the microphone give you influence and um we did exactly that i mean walked around and prayed um i remember we had a group of kids from crew the the campus ministry yeah and we had them prayer walk all around gloucester Hmm. and that was really interesting we learned a lot and we had one of those groups walk through um the largest uh, trailer park in Hmm. our in our town Hmm. and the lady that's the property manager like chased them away angrily (laughs) (laughs) what what are you doing you know what i mean but then but then andy young I know, you, you know, yeah. yep. dude, good Liberty dude, elder. Yep. Um, he, uh, he gave me the number of the property manager said, you should probably reach out <laughs> to her. Da- damage control. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Sometimes people, peace starts with like some DC, some damage control. And we, we, we just, yeah, we, 
we connected. I went over there. Long story short, I mean, she loved us and mm. she opened up the doors and we, we, we ran a tutoring program right in this tiny little room next to her office um, where she worked nine to five. We had, uh, you know, we, we, we beautified this park. There used to be this like huge place where you could do your laundry and, and meat and stuff, but it was just drug run and, 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 and just a dangerous place to be. So it was like bulldozed, but we created a, a, a vertical garden all around it, huh. help them, you know, with this carport and just this community space. We, hmm. We've done camp there for dozens and dozens of kids every summer. Hmm. Um, and so that was, that was an example. Like, and I can't tell you how, how, how beautiful that's been. Like when people move in to the community and uh, a lot of times the, the property manager will be like, Hey, if you need help or you need a church, and she'll just, she'll just, she'll like literally wow. as they're signing the lease, wow. just in, connect the church and connect us with those families. Um, That's awesome. uh, you know, and another one real quick was just the first place that we met was in a bar that used to be a synagogue. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and, okay. and so we didn't, we were meeting in my house. It was just two families hmm. um, that planted. We didn't have much of a core team and we started just inviting our neighbors and uh, it just kind of grew. And then we were meeting in the backyard, but it was like a row home backyard. So fortunately, the one neighbor didn't like nobody was living next to us. And then the um, so we legally just had people meeting in that backyard. <laughs> and then next and then the other house our another next door neighbor was one of the people that was coming to the church. Awesome. Right. That we just invited. So we were meeting in our backyard, but that got, uh, you know, impossible. And so. We started um, meeting in this bar and it all started with my pastor, Doug Logan, yeah. would get breakfast sandwiches at this deli um, every day. And we used to have staff meeting and these breakfast sandwiches, you just want to go to sleep after you have them. They're so good, <laughs> but they were like so unhealthy. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. Like a long roll egg sausage. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, the... the um, it was all the same family that owned that that deli shop, that owned the bar. So I just went over there, and again, it started off really bad. It was it was coming off the uh, rails. You you want to you want to do a church and a bar? What what do you want to do? And it, it, you know what I mean. But I, you know, I was praying to the Lord, and uh, you know, by the end of the conversation, I got the yes. We built a great relationship. We've shown movies in the back of the bar. We've you know brought families and um, done a bunch of theology on tap meetings there yeah, yeah um after when we met for our, our launch at the church where we're at now we had a huge after party that's awesome <laughs> and we, we just had you know a couple hundred people at the bar it was great just celebrating that's awesome what god did so yeah, that's yeah uh, you, well i mean so kind of an aside but you got so you got two other jersey guys on the call with you um, so I got to ask about the deli place. Was it Taylor? Is there Taylor ham available? Cause that's, that's Steve's, that's Steve's thinking about it. If he's not asking it, did they have the, <laughs> did they have the deli sandwich with the Taylor ham that you can get there? What, I don't know what Taylor ham is. See, that's yeah, North see, Jersey. Well, that's, North that's, Jersey. Okay. I, I saw this coming and this is uh, we're going to quickly just take this off the rails here. <laughs> we don't, we don't this is a huge, this is a massive tangent, big problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's North Jersey versus South Jersey. Right yeah. There. I mean, okay. the early church had problems. This is. They could overcome that. They could though. overcome it. I don't know if our church will be able to. You're not sure the gospel. When you said Jersey, guys, I'm like, I guess. I'm like, it's a completely <laughs> different state we're talking about. I grew up in North Jersey. You grew up in North Jersey. Central North. Yeah. Central North, sure. right? Yep. Joe's down in South Jersey. It's a whole different state. It's a different world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I would, but you're right. I would love a Taylor ham egg okay. and cheese okay. on a salt, you know, cinnamon raisin, salt, pepper, and ketchup right now. I figured you might. I would love one. I figured you might. Love yeah, I'm yeah. checking out right now, guys. <laughs> we're losing Joe. We're losing Joe here. <laughs> <laughs> um matt take us so yeah. joe you didn't you didn't have thank you for the video you gave us yesterday we played for our congregation i can't imagine you've had the opportunity to listen to matt's sermon right. yeah. between yesterday and today we wouldn't have expected you to do that obviously um matt maybe just give a give a summary for because this is a resource for our bible study groups that are not meeting right now they'll meet again in february so right now it's really for the continued reflection mm-hmm. of our and putting into practice for our congregation, our community, maybe just a, a recap of poverty yeah. or your message on poverty yesterday. 
Um, why Joe, Joe, you did a great job with the message, but why Joe came to mind for you. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, maybe that'll lead us into some, some questions for Joe and we sure. can kind of yep. go back and forth on where we see the church prepared and also where we see the church challenged to address poverty, to love people in poverty right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we were in Deuteronomy 15 yesterday, um, talking about just, I mean, one of the many commands in the Old Testament that Joe referenced. There's 600 plus commands in the Old Testament, and they, so many of them reference God's heart for the vulnerable, for marginalized people, and specifically for poor people, those who are in poverty. So, um, Deuteronomy 15 is talking about lending, you know, having an open hand, um, to, to your brother and open hands, of course, require open hearts. It says, if you know, if you don't harden your heart and close your hand, open your hand, but that means you have to have an open heart. So we're getting in a little bit to like, you know, first of all, we need a, a new heart because our hearts are hard. Uh, Deuteronomy 15 talks about these two dangers of unworthy thoughts and grudging eyes or the evil eye as it's kind of a scriptural theme that picks up where you just look grudgingly and don't give generously. Um, I think, you know, particularly applicable to Liberty Harrisburg is um, much more of a, not, not exclusively, but much more of a suburban kind of context church. Uh, a lot of like highly educated, middle and upper middle class, fairly well off type folks in our church that don't come face to face with poverty every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those dangers in particular and, and the unworthy thoughts, even, you know, talking a little bit yesterday about sometimes even understandable thoughts are unworthy or actually unworthy thoughts. So like understandable thoughts, like, well, if I give my money to someone who's poor, won't they waste it? Will they use it for something good? Will they understandable? But if it meets, makes us ungenerous and close handed, God doesn't call that understandable, calls it unworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's some of where we were yesterday. Um, Joe, you, I mean, you came to mind just from, you know, going back 10 years in the Liberty network circle. Um, and, you know, getting getting some time with you. You were on my like ordination team way back in the day, man. I think that's actually this month. That's ten years ago this month. Wow. Yeah, um, that's cool. And just even, man, I, like I always have been really personally grateful for you and your example in this. Uh, there were a few, you know, a few of you guys at, at Liberty East, now River Wards, back in the day, um, that I think modeled this really well. Our context in Harrisburg has always looked a little different than River Wards from where we live. Uh, at the same time, not excusing us from caring for vulnerable people and people that are in poverty. So wanting to just continue to grow and how we do that and learn from people who yeah. are doing it. I loved your line yesterday about, you know, we want to just like, <laughs> I think you, you know, enough of, of my world to know the kinds of, um, and in Liberty Harrisburg's context to know the kinds of things that resonate. So when you were saying things like, you know, we, we want to run right to a book and listen to the, you know, economist. I was like, well, yeah, like you're hitting the na- like you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of like where where like a lot of the average Liberty Harrisburg person would probably go and think. Um, yeah. So your your experiential wisdom and your day to day life with people that are in poverty, the you know the real experts in that sense because they're living it. Um, I think that that's where you came to mind, man. So um, I mean, I'd love to hear too. We, we we could definitely get to these questions that we got, but um, what what was it that kind of like prompted you to have such a uh, a passion for this joe like what what is it that moved you into um to walking with people in poverty and doing that so consistently in the way that you have in, in even globally and, and and local i mean you've done that in a bunch of different settings yeah that's a good question um i think i really thought about that um because it's I, I think it's partly the way that has been paved by God. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, when I, when I, when I came, I started going to a church probably very similar to Liberty Harrisburg, um, new life uh, of Glenside. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we were living and, you know, we, we would move every single year when we were kids, like from like, places like trailer parks, temporary government housing, mm-hmm. really crappy apartment buildings. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom had struggles. She was a single mom. Before that we were with my stepdad. It was like a, just a straight up sociopath. Um, and so I, I think that it, it wasn't um, that heart chose me, you know what I mean? Just from, yeah. Yeah. Just from where I came from. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I did assimilate into the, the, the big, you know, or medium size suburban church and, and, and noticed that like the elders kids, you know, when I went to their houses, they had like in ground pools and like libraries and baby pianos. And so <laughs> it was a little bit different from what, well, different than you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Learn these subtle messages that, um, that, uh, you know, um, well, I, I remember having this conversation with this, this secretary at, uh, this Bible college I went to where she, she talked about her and her brother. They were both from Kensington. They were both from, from North Philadelphia yeah. where I was living for like 10 years. And she, and, and the way she put it was like, you know, every, every decade she became more Christian and her brother became more Kensington. What that meant for her is her brother stayed in the hood, was an alcoholic, started like his life started just going down the toilet. Hmm. And she literally every 10 years moved further away (laughs) out into the country. You know what I mean? And into, you know, and, 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 and bumped up her education and her. And so, you know, I just began to question that later, Hmm. you know what I mean? So I, I, in the beginning, and I'm not saying that, um, intentionally that's um that's just my story like don't hear me say it wrong like i think that liberty teaches that kind of prosperity theology but i do think in the evangelical culture right sometimes sure there's this like that that's the lessons i was picking up anyway mm-hmm. that that if you if you're gonna be really christian you're gonna you're gonna be married <clears throat> you know what i mean you're gonna right. You're, right. you're gonna work really hard you're gonna save you're gonna have like a big library you're gonna have the baby piano like i couldn't just distinguish yeah. the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're not going to be like my hippie cousins who just let folks live in their home and interrupt their life. Right. And it took me, it took me a, a while, you know, later in life I started, um, I was living in the North Philly. We started working with, um, pastor Doug Logan yeah. in a small church plant. Um, it was actually just a church that had been around for 75 years, but we were replanting it. And I saw the way he lived and he lived a lot more like my hippie cousins <clears throat> with a busy house. Yeah. But I had no way that I could question his heart for Jesus's maturity. Hmm. He was a, he was a beastie evangelist, hmm. deeply pastoral, um, and had unfinished rooms in his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah just people living and coming in and out and just like, you know what I mean? Getting a $20,000 uh, salary yeah. from the church yep. and had teenage kids yep. twice yep. working full time. And they're just trying to yep. survive, you yep. know? And uh, that opened up the world to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. Every place I've lived, like most of the jobs I've had, I was a supervisor. <clears throat> yes. For six years, I was just surrounded by it. people from every zip code in Philly. Um, I just, yeah, outside of the the brief, you know, five year stint at Liberty, I was either on the mission field or, <laughs> yeah, in like a in a context of poverty most of my life, including my childhood. So it was like, yeah, 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 and and. Uh, um, yeah, at this point, I look back and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just grateful. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, I'm just, you know, it's, it, everybody, I think, listening to this podcast just wants to to be comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. be in a place that they understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, um, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in a spot like that and uh, I don't have to be something I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Yeah. So just anticipating where like, you know, thoughts might go hearing that because, you know, we, we, there is this sense and you even spoke to this in one of your um, responses to the questions about, you know, we've got different gifts and we've got different callings in that, um, you know, someone that didn't have the upbringing you had that maybe did grow up, you know, in the suburbs, for example, didn't have that, that exposure to poverty firsthand, um, you know, and then like didn't have that set, you know. Um, I guess what I'm hearing is you talk about that. There's, there's still a lot of overlapping kinds of 
principles to learn from that, maybe the group of people you're interacting with is different. Like it, like the, the idea of an open home, for example, right. Versus a closed home or the idea of like, what is your home primarily for? Is it for, is it a haven of, of, is it a retreat or is it a, um, you know, an, a, a, an outpost, you know, on the block that's for people to come into. Um, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, and because you've maybe had a foot in, in that other world, in that suburban world, at least for a season of your life, um, yeah. tr- translate that for, for us a little bit too, man. Like, would it be, you know, would you kind of say to everybody at Liberty Harrisburg, okay, move into a place like Gloucester, move into the city of Harrisburg, move into pockets where there's nope. a lot more poverty? Okay. <laughs> um, I was, I was anticipating that's where you were going with it, but, um, you know, what, what does it look like for us to, right. to, to like partner well, to like, to come to, to care about poverty, to care more, more importantly about people who are poor, but like yeah. not necessarily just to like do exactly Joe Marlin's life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Uh, well, I think of like, you know, like some, in some families, um, maybe dad doesn't cook every meal and isn't like the best cook in the house, mm-hmm. but there are times when dad still has to cook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't just be like, <laughs> I'm aware of these times. <laughs> sorry, mom. sorry. Mom's getting her knee replaced. <laughs> sorry guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're on your so, own. So, yeah. Yeah. Like all of us are called, um, you know, um, I think about Romans 12, you know, um, you know, we're, we're all some, some might have a special, like, this is the spot they're in. This, this is what the God has specifically called them show mercy, mm-hmm. you know, a gift others, maybe not, but that doesn't mean that, that we're not all called to express mercy, hospitality, yeah. love, love others. I, th- I think of Galatians six a lot is a, it's just that the great, to me, that's the chapter to start. Hmm. You know, when you're thinking about these issues, um, how, how to how to love people, how to come alongside folks without doing things for them that they should do for themselves. Hmm. You know, where it talks about each person should carry his own yeah. portion. You know, but the, fulfilling the law of Christ. And first one is is carrying each other's burdens. Yeah, all that stuff. You know, that's where you have that great. You know, do not get weary in doing good. Hmm. But um, it talks about at the end, it, 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 this is something, this goes into that, that piece where I was talking about like doing stuff to, um, don't just do stuff to look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be good. Yeah, it talks about good. You've got to, um, do good to all people, especially the household. Yeah. Um, you know, faith. And, and so that's not something that's like necessarily like really connects with us. Um, mm. we want to do the big, like, hashtag end poverty in our town campaign. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, Paul even gets really fired up in like Timothy first Timothy five. Right. When, Hmm. when, um, there were families that could take care of grandma Mm -hmm. and they were on the, and the church was taking care of grandma. Yeah. Yep. So there's like a, there's like a, what I'm trying to say is that there's like, God wants ev- absolutely every single person when you become a Christian, like, like don't buy into this, um, this thing where it's like your brother-in-law that's an addict is an anomaly. Huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your, yeah. your, your, your nephew, your niece that, that, that got pregnant young or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that they're like asterisks, you know, it's an exception. Hmm. Like God wants us to walk with the people first, like in our immediate family. And then hmm. he wants us to like, and then the next level is like in the local church and it's church of your size. Like, you know what I mean? There, there, there's, right. there's people hurting in, in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And there's people that, that need their, their burdens, you know, c- carried with them. Yeah. They can't carry it on their own. And so, I think, you know, um, it's like the whole like justice thing, like, like, yes, like, let's talk about uh, injustice. Like, like I'm a, I, I've been asked to be part of the school board. I've spoken up, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there's all kinds of things that have gone on in our town. But, but um, I think that sometimes it's like, it's like, you know, we, we might be putting like 
the cleaning person at our church in a bad way. And I'm saying, I'm not saying you guys are, but I'm just saying like, we have to start <laughs> at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got to start at home. Yeah. That's the first thing I always say. And then, um, I, I think that, um, you know, it's really cool when you can partner with, with, with churches, um, that are in contexts that are where there's a lot more need hmm. because those, those churches offer folks in need the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so um, I think that's another application of, you know, taking care of doing good to all, especially the household, the household beyond your local congregation, but thinking about other, other churches in the region, yeah. in the area, um, even internationally, you know, when, when there was a huge famine in Jerusalem, we mm. see in, we see in all the epistles, yeah. We see that money's first Corinthians nine, right? There's like money being sent to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They didn't see themselves as like self-funded, self-propagating, you know what I mean? Self-sufficient, right. isolated franchises right. of Paul's yeah. business. Yeah. They saw themselves not as a franchise, but a family. It's mm, good. Yeah. And so when there was a church in need, they would, they would come alongside that church. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys are you guys are doing that in some mm. ways, you know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, uh, we don't really have to. I was I was just in a I was I, I was last year I was at a church uh, in the county that I grew up in, mm. having lunch. It was like a mega church. They had like like their their lobby was bigger like than our whole church building. And that was like the <laughs> lobby just for the children's area. <laughs> nice. They had, they had rooms for all the like AI machines that like control the cameras. And um, it was awesome. And uh, is that kind of like the room we're in here? Is that, is that's that exactly the, like the room we're in here. Yeah, I mean, we got some, we got some pipes in here. We we, uh, and, 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 and I only bring it up because I actually was talking to, to, to an elder and they were like, they're like, yeah, there's just no poverty here. Hmm. Huh. In the, in the county, I'm just like, hmm. I grew up here. Huh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So I, I think that um, sometimes, like, our, yeah, we just, we don't have to look far. Yeah. If we'll hmm. open our eyes and let the Lord lead us, you know? Yeah. Um, it's for some reason we put the needs of people around us. And our, sometimes even our own family, we have like a special asterisk, like you can't help them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, you know what I mean? We just sort of like, mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, I talked to you about the class and race stuff. Sometimes if people have the same, if, if you know, yeah. um, if, if, if sometimes just frankly, if they're white, we start to think, you know, they had their chance, they have their privilege. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They choose to be that way. And um, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, I just, I don't, if, if you know where to look, it's not hard. You know mm. what I mean? It's not hard to find. You mm. don't have to go to some gargantuan effort to, to find the needs around you. They're all around us. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a couple words that you're using, Joe, and we've been using thus far in our time together. We're using words like poverty and, and words like need. Um, and that kind of just reminded me of one of the questions that came in. I thought it might be a good time to bring it up. Um, This person, ultimately, their question kind of gets down to, is there a way to determine who is the rightful recipient of, they're calling it poverty gifting. So like gifting in the the way to reduce or to help support someone through poverty. And they brought up the the question with this context, can you spell out the difference between being poor as a relative term and poverty as a genuine need? And so maybe, you know, when this person was growing up, they have an example. When they were growing up, based on the government descriptors back then, um, someone who didn't own a television or a table was poor. And so they're like, well, yeah, when I graduated college, I guess I was poor, um, but they wouldn't have considered themselves living in poverty. So maybe today, someone who doesn't have a smartphone could be considered as poor. And so there's there's these words like poor and poverty and in need. And so there are people who might be needy who are not poor, people who are poor who are not in need. How do we discern that? That's like 
books are written about this, right? Those books that we don't want to just run to go read. Well, they are there to be written and they have been written because these are not easy things to sort through in just a, a few moments. But how do we go about discerning someone who's in need, someone who's in poverty, someone who's poor? And how do we, how do we appropriate the way that we support them, love them, give either financial gifts or, 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 or gestures of kindness or to meet yeah. specific needs. How do we, how do we go about doing that? Where does someone start? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so, so the way I, I would kind of break it down is there's a big difference between being broke and being poor. Hmm. Um, and uh, I think that most <clears throat> of our resources are, geared to helping people who are broke Hmm. so you're like just the irresponsible 25 year old that has ten thousand dollars in credit card debt Hmm. and you know what i mean you're you're you need financial peace university you just you just you just need you just need to not be dumb in how you use (laughs) your money yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you need to work harder yeah you know what i mean yeah and to me you know broke is often like a situation, a season, Hmm. you know what I mean? Like Hmm. you talk about college student or whatever. Yeah. Poor is like a good number of the people like in our community, in our church, uh, they're, they, they can't, they don't have their license because they get seizures all the time. So they can't go to, they can't go to work. Like it's not, yeah, they get hot food from the corner store, like mismanaging their money, but, but the amount of resources they have yeah. is so different. You know what I mean? And the answers are, are different. The, the, um, you know, they might need more than just like, a um, a class mm-hmm. yeah. and some disciplines. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. so is that, is that someone Joe who they might, there might not be like a legit place for them to get like healthy food. There, there might not be a way for them to, you know, get access to housing. There might not be a way for them to. So, to me, I, does that does that help? I'm like, I think there's a difference between the. And sometimes they look the same, and some there's a lot of overlap. But I do <clears> think there's like a difference between you know you're broke. Um, like I had a friend um, who came from, and it's not even background. I had a friend he, he came from the untouchable class in India. And he, he married a Brahmin. His, the, the, they, they moved to Africa because they knew they would never be accepted. Hmm. So I was living in, this is when I was living in Kenya. Um, they lived in this one room apartment and uh, with a tiny little cooker, no TV, one cot. You, you know what I mean? Hmm. But they were, they were not, they were not poor. Hmm. By, by American standards, they were poor, like beyond, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no indoor plumbing, all that stuff. But, um, he got a, uh, a small color TV to celebrate the first million that they made. Wow. You know, he was yeah. driven by this desire to show that he was worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now there, there's poverty, there's like spiritual poverty. There's some issues there, right? Sure. Sure. But he ended up going to Atlanta, you know, has franchises doing really well. Hmm. Um, and then there's people who, you know, like I was given in the description of the video who have the 70 inch TV right in the living room, kids running around, um, in the same diaper. Cause they don't have, um, they don't have a bunch of diapers because mm-hmm. the, the, the wick check and all that stuff, the food stamps dried up yeah. and in the fridge, they got nothing mm-hmm. to eat. You know what I mean? So there, there's, there's. Poverty is is super difficult to take a snapshot and say, especially when you compare it. Like you can't compare. I I, I really struggled with that when I came from overseas back here. Like like y'all y'all are playing. Nobody's poor here in America. You know what I mean? Huh. And that'll mess that'll mess up your soul um, hmm. because poverty in the states is less about material poverty. Um, I lived in one of the hungriest zip codes in the country. Uh, for about 10 years and there's Christmas lights up like like you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. there's that you turn a knob and the water runs into the house like just things that for a a huge part of the world is just like 
Yeah. yeah. Hard to imagine. So um, I think that uh, it's really messy trying to, but going to the question of worthy, um, who's worthy to receive? None of us are. That's why we need a really hmm. seriously deep gospel grid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether we're in the pit because we dug it ourselves and got drunk and fell in. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or, or whether the system, you know what I mean? Whether, yeah. whether prejudice, whether mm-hmm. being just left behind unthought of mm-hmm. whatever outside forces was sickness. A lot of times, mm-hmm. um, whatever got us in that pit, um, the heart of Jesus in us is, is, is not so much. It's like, go to back to John nine, right? It's the disciples that are asking, mm-hmm. why is this man born blind? Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is like, they're like, was it his fault? Did his parents <laughs> do something? Like, why would he have this life stricken with this, 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 this burden of being blind? And G- Jesus is not going to analyze. You know what I mean? He just refuses to do that. And, he, and he's just like, so that it's, while it's day, it's time to do the work of God. Yeah. And he heals the guy. He loves the guy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, uh, I don't know if that's helpful. There's, yeah, there's not going to be these like clear A, B, C. This is who's worthy. This is broke. This is poor. You know what I mean? A lot of the yeah. international and like poverty in the States looks completely different. But I do think that, uh, um, yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. That's, that's, that's as good as a response that I can give to this. Yeah, no, it, I, I think that's helpful. Yeah. And it, it, it as you're answering that question or giving those reflections, um, it reminds me of something that came up earlier in our conversation. Forget the exact context, but it came up a couple of times. The value of any one of us opening up our homes, building relationships to calibrate where someone is in need and to, to avoid the temptation. Or even if it's a temptation that could come from like uh, um, the right intention we're still kind of apt to go, yeah, let me just kind of stick a solution on a problem and not always calibrate what, how to love someone, how to, how to help them essentially address and mature through and receive help in something that's systemic. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the person who's broke, as you said, is maybe in a season where their circumstances may change and may change quickly, whereas it sounds like you're you're, you're um, describing the person who's poor as living in a systemic problem um, right. where their poverty is is the result of many circumstances added together. Mm-hmm. They're exponentially impacting one another. And when you try to solve one area, the other seven kind of just continue to pull that person down. It feels like they can never make headway. Mm-hmm. And it'd be impossible for us to know how to help someone if we're not spending time with them. Um, that would maybe be the temptation for any one of us, even if it's rightly intended to just think that we could help solve a circumstance and not love someone over a long period of time through something that's systemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that there's kind of like two crazy ways to go off the rails. And one is just to like, we're just going to love you and like wait to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) You you know what I mean? And, and, and avoid like looking at like, some of the reasons like some of the injustice that might be there. Mm. The other, the other, the other thing is to, to be like, you know, I'm going to study up until I know how to fix your problems. And like, Oh no, no, a whole lot of it is mm. um, like love someone. We have to believe in heaven, man. You, like to do ministry in a, in any type of genuinely, like I recently have been driving a lot in the country. We went, we went to Western PA. Um, we've got a connection there. One of our ministers in training um, is praying about, you know, planning a church. Mm. We're, I was just down driving through Virginia, North Carolina, like massive parts of the country, right. Are just like in really beat up trailers. Like, mm. you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it's, you're just not going to, if you're going to move in a certain direction, like you do have to believe in heaven. Hmm. You, 
it's not all realized now. Yeah. Like mm. you, it's, it's not all fixed now. Mm. Um, and and I, I think that part of Jesus's heart for all of us, whether like, like we talked about gifting, not everybody's like their main thing is going to be, you know what I mean? To, to, to be generous to the poor, but every one of us gets to be a part of this awesome adventure where the household of faith includes those hmm. who are not the, the winners. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? In this life. Yeah. But, but they have an inheritance with God and there's things we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to just kind of like do life mm-hmm. with, with folks and be a blessing to them. Even when, we don't see like this amazing result hmm. and um, we just come alongside them, not to fix them, <clears throat> not to be their hero, yeah. um, but to just be family. Yeah. That's really, you good. know, I think I think that's, yeah, that's a really good, it's a really good line. It's a good summary line right there. We don't, we don't yeah. come alongside someone to fix them or yeah. solve just the problem, but to be family. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and that, that that ties in real well, Joe, with where where I felt like Deuteronomy 15 took took it yesterday too. Just where you you've got this contrast in there of God saying there should never be poor people among you, and then saying, but there will never cease to be poor people. Like you, there shouldn't be, but there always will be. Yeah. So it's a realistic assessment of because because sin's a real thing. Um, we're not going to just stamp out poverty by our own efforts. Like you can't do an end around the human sin nature of a heart broadly in the, in humanity. Um, and so you've got to have, there's even better reasons to, to love poor people and give open handedly to poor people than to just solve or fix things. It's like you, you give as a reflection of the kingdom of God as a, as a reflection of Jesus' generosity. That's a better reason to give than just thinking you're going to solve it or end it or fix it. Yeah. Um, by the grace of God, you'll see some, you'll see the kingdom break through, right? You'll see some, you'll see some stuff happen hopefully, but like, um, but not like over realizing the, the the heaven that we all long for and want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like the Old Testament, where where yeah, we see that in Deuteronomy, and then you see that in the um, the spirit filled church of Acts. Yep. Too. Yep. You know, um, for me, well, I think that again, it, it, it it's really important that this needs to be like led by the spirit. <laughs> Yeah. But for me, I, I think that there, you, you do have to seek out like God's voice in this. Like, I know for me, like, if there's literally people down the street from me who are like about to be evicted next week, um, like my Harley can sit in the shop longer. Hmm. Like it has to mean something practical in our life, the yeah. generosity. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. there has to be like a, like a, there'll be times, absolutely, there's many times where people that we have walked alongside and helped, where it's like, I'm going to steal the lesson that God has for you if we turn the lights on. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's just stuff you got to walk through. This is your portion. Mm. You've got, you've got to like, you got to carry it or we're going to make you like, like, uh, like you have no muscle at all to carry anything because we just come alongside and yeah. carry everything for you. And then at the same time, um, I think that following the way of Jesus and like moving closer and closer to that spirit filled, you know, where you really see what was just this Old Testament promise, but then it comes into reality. <laughs> in the church. This yeah. is not waiting for heaven. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, like it, there's a sense of, um, not the whole city, but there's a sense of the people in my church. Like I can lay down and know that we took care of folks mm-hmm. that were in really severe need. And we stepped up. Yeah. yeah. I think we're called to that. Yeah. I, and, and, and of course it's like a, Spirit-filled wisdom judgment call. People do have to walk through some stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think of James, right? Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. But then I also see an axe, Peter. Silver and gold, I have none. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And and so I can't. I can tell you that there's been like t- plenty of times when homeless folks have come in, you know, 
different people come in with needs and I've had to just gather people around and just lay hands and just pray. Mm -hmm. And just like, we don't have all that we need to take care of all that you need. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but when somebody has been walking with us for years and their brother and sister and, you know, they face a disaster, like, like, I feel like we would be in sin and be a shame on the church if we just were like, you know, I'm just going to continue on with my plans unhindered. I'm just going to, just going to get my Harley fixed and just, yeah, you know what I mean? Do yeah. the things that I want to do. And, uh, that's, this is my life and that's your life. And I, I think that there has to be, um, a way in which if we walk in with people that are, our lives are interrupted and we help each other out sacrificially. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. It's really good. And just a good question for leadership. Like, like, are we doing, are we, is, are we rightfully taking care of the needs of this community? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is there, is there, is there anything that's being, you know, ignored? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that act six, this is the spot, right? Like the great commandment and the great commission can sometimes be at odds. And the mm-hmm. church just grew so fast that like all of a sudden, you know what I mean? There was this division between the the Greek and the, yeah. the Jewish widows and like who's getting taken care of and, and all this stuff. And they had to like, they had to like structurally implement leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the church needs to, to say like, Hey, we got preacher, evangelist, organizational thinker thinking about growth. We got to slow down and make sure that we're doing the, we're, we know we're doing the great commandment. I mean, great commission. We know we're doing church planning, growth, all that stuff. Who is, who's on the leadership team that's specifically making sure that we're not leaving anybody behind in the dust and we're loving people and taking care of practical needs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Joe, this has been a really good time. We want to respect your time and maybe, Um, maybe draw this a little bit to a close. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll do it. Um, Matt, can I invite you to, Give a reflection. I'm just going to, just for the sake of the person who sent this question in, maybe it, you can bring this down to the ground and close this out for Liberty Harrisburg. Sure. <clears throat> you have that, the context, obviously, in your mind. Um, you know, this is someone who wrote in and just said, hey, I speak as a, a resident of a middle-income neighborhood who's not aware of anyone in, in my world who would fit the category of poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they want to be really attentive to that. And so they, they give an example. In our church, we presently have a, a group, a team of women who are um, trained and gifted to interact um, with women that are in human trafficking, mm-hmm. uh, specifically strip clubs. And so they, they provide a, a, a meal with these, uh, with these ladies to deliver. They spend time with them. They ask, is there wisdom in duplicating efforts in a program like that mm-hmm. as opposed to finding people, even if maybe this person's not familiar with someone who they could go build a relationship with, what's, what's the better of those two? Maybe I want to run to say the answer is yes. Sure. <laughs> you know, the sure. answer is yes. Do both those things as ever, however we can. But yep. Matt, if you were to kind of have that question in mind as you would um, close our time here together and charge the listeners here in our community and even charge our people with how do, what's the next step we take for discerning how we love people, come alongside them as family, as Joe, you said, those that are in need, those that are poor and living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I love it. Um, I I think I go back to that. You know, the the need for discernment from the Spirit is to to the opportunities God's given you in front of you. Are I think praying constantly that you would have open eyes, Jesus's eyes. You know, looked at looked out on the crowd. Sheep without a shepherd had compassion. Like, mm-hmm. do, do you have compassionate, attentive eyes? I think this person even said in their question that they're encouraged to be to be more attentive to the mm-hmm. possibility of unknown instances. And I think yeah. that's huge because there there's certainly even if there's not poverty in the middle income, you know, middle class income neighborhood where she's at, um, there's there's certainly brokenness there, sins, broken stuff there. So you attentive to that. Um, I think partnering with people that, that are like, like our women in our church and and men at our church tend to make the food for a specific, very small team of women that then go into the strip clubs and minister to the women that that work there. Um, 
I think that there's a there's a reason it's set up that way because they don't want people just kind of like randomly coming in, being there for like a little bit, and then bolting. Like they want yeah. they want relationships. So if you, I think pray for the attentiveness, um, pray for discernment from the spirit. Don't don't shy away from the like. I think if you categorically say someone else's job is the relationship, then I think you close yourself off to to things that might be there that God would call you into the relational stuff. Mm. So I think if you just think categorically, like I'm the financial behind the scenes meal backer, you know, I think that's a, that's a part of a calling. That's a service kind of yeah. gift, um, beautiful gift. So do that. Just don't categorically write off that there might be relational stuff that, that, that God is going to bring, you know, show you that's there yeah. to step into. Um, and same way with other people, you know, like if they're relationally oriented, that they just don't categorically write off other ways to partner too. So I, maybe that's the thing I would say, I'd say, I don't think it's this person's calling necessarily you know, maybe the God will do something different in the future, but to dive into, to go live in Harrisburg, to go become one of the people that work in it, maybe that's not it for them. Yeah. But there might be something else that's, that is, that is that. Um, and not to just say, let's just forget the relational side of that. Um, yeah. So that'd be my, my take it's there. It's good. Lots to think about Joe. It's been like hugely helpful, man, as always, just to get your, your experiential wisdom and insight on this and, uh, continue to look forward to that, you know, more and more in, in days to come too. Um, but yeah, man, truly grateful for you. Grateful to have you on, on with us today. Yeah, man. It's been, it was fun and an honor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, thanks for joining us and, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll look forward to continuing our month of mercy and justice here at Liberty, uh, preaching on these topics. Matt, what's coming up on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday? We're going to look at, uh, racial reconciliation this Sunday. And then we've got, um, sexual fidelity and sanctity of, of life, kind of both, both ends of the spectrum there. So yeah, um, life and birth before birth and, and end of life. So that's right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll look forward to the continuation of that series and each week spending time, even with a guest each week, like Joe, thank you for being our guest here today. So uh, we'll look forward to future weeks of the podcast. Uh, everyone enjoy the continued start to the week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks all. Take Bye-bye. Care. Thank you for listening to the sermon B side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.